Welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. We're so glad you're here. This season, we are gathering around the mics to share about the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You can find out more about our work on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, we're back. Hi. Welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. I'm Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. And this season, we are going to be working our way through The Sanctifier mm-hmm. by Archbishop Luis Martinez. And I am stoked. <laughs> I am also stoked. So if you can't tell from the title, The Sanctifier is all about the Holy Spirit. It is. And it isn't. But yes. Right. But no. But yes. So get ready. If that has not hooked you. <laughs> I understand your confusion. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) We were really noticing um, throughout the last, honestly, the last year or so, so many people have been reaching out to us to ask specifically about prayer. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many, you know, varied um, questions that we have about prayer, you know, as a people, but also as individuals. And there have been so many people who um, were so eager to pray with scripture with us in our, in our last season, but we also had a lot of people asking, like, how do I know if I'm praying? You know, yeah. how do I know if a prayer counts? What if I feel like I can't pray? I don't have the words. I don't have the disposition. I I feel dry and blocked. How do I know that I'm praying with scripture as opposed to reading it? All those different kinds of questions. How do I pray the mass instead of just standing there <laughs> and like saying the words? Mm-hmm. And so much of that, honestly, if you go back to the root of the answer, it is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So we wanted to kind of, I guess, build off of our previous season about praying with scripture in a way that allows you to pray with everything. Yeah. Like that allows prayer to become like that deep relationship that yeah. that is, you know, um, in Romans, Paul says that we don't know how to pray as we ought. Mm-hmm. We, we just We just simply don't know how. But instead, the Holy Spirit within us utters the prayers that God knows that we need him yep. to hear. And and so it's kind of like, how do we get to know that voice? Mm-hmm. How do we get to become familiar with not only who we're speaking to, but who's speaking in us and who we're trying to hear from and um, and all of that? And one way, definitely the best way is scripture. The next best way is the Holy Mass. And mm-hmm. then beyond that are some really beautiful classic works of spirituality by people who also knew his voice very well. Yeah. And Archbishop Luis Martinez is one of those people. Absolutely. He has compiled an amazing work in this book. And it's cool because he has kind of a technical language in some parts mm-hmm. and a very poetic language in others. Yes. So yeah. we've definitely had people express that they found it like the best book they've ever read. And we've also had people express that they had a hard time getting through it yes. because of the technicality. So we are here to break it open in a way that can be accessible to you no matter where on that spectrum you fall. Right. And this isn't going to be like a read aloud. We're not no. going to like read through the book or something. Um, it's more just kind of like borrowing from its themes and pulling some of our favorite quotes and kind of allowing it to to guide our prayer and mm-hmm. just kind of a sharing that comes as the fruit of that. That's right. really kind of going to be kind of our goal. So just a brief intro. Archbishop Luis Martinez was an archbishop in Mexico in, I believe, the 1940s and 1950s. And he wrote just like a ton of really cool spiritual um, work. You can find him you can find little bits of his stuff kind of all over. Like you can find all these little tiny books. Mm. Um, translated? It, it, some. Some mm-hmm. translated and others not. But uh, 
it kind of reminds me a little bit of the way that you find the little the little tiny books of um, Father Jacques Philippe. That oh yeah, are like basically the size of a Hallmark card. Yeah, but... they're like little pocket books. <laughs> yeah, cram packed with wisdom exactly. to change your life. <laughs> exactly. So he's a little bit like him. Um, I would say he's a little bit more technical than Father Philippe, mm-hmm. and de- just definitely a different spirituality. You know, Mexican versus French, and yeah, different culture, 40s different life versus contemporary. So I mean, like yeah. there's a difference, but mm-hmm. but I would I would think that there's something. I would say that there's something kind of comparable. Yeah. So for those who are fans of things like. Um, uh, interior freedom or um, searching for and maintaining interior peace, like those books. This is something that's going to be kind of along those lines, mm-hmm. I would say. So um, in the Sanctifier, uh, you can also find it under the title True Devotion to the Holy Spirit, but that's actually an abridged version mm-hmm. of the work. So the Sanctifier is the unabridged version. Um, so it contains also a section on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a section on the virtues, and a section on the Beatitudes. Uh, which other versions don't always contain. Mm-hmm. And they're all, um, I believe the first part was was really a book that he wrote and the rest were kind of, were either homilies that he gave or like a series of catechesis that he gave at some point, but then they all got compiled together and translated, for which I am very grateful. <laughs> we're big fans of this book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if you would like to follow along with us this season and really learn how to deepen your prayer in the person of the Holy Spirit, You are welcome to follow along with the book, but it is absolutely not necessary because, as Sister Benedict has said, it's not a read aloud. No. And it's not a study either. Um, We're just kind of like breaking open some of the beautiful nuggets that he has of what it means to have the Holy Spirit living in you and what it means to have the Holy Spirit praying in Mm -hmm. you. And part of the reason that I kind of teased at the beginning that, yes, it is about the Holy Spirit, but also it's kind of not, (laughs) is because the subtitle of the book is The Classic Work on the Holy Spirit. But But the first time I read it, I was almost, I'm not going to say disappointed, but maybe a little bit. Maybe my initial response was a little bit of disappointment until I realized just how rich it was Mm. because it's an this I'm trying to find, think of how to say it that doesn't make me feel like I sound silly, but <laughs> rather than being so much about the person of the Holy Spirit, it really is about the love of the Trinity, yeah. which I understand is the person of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but I think we think of those two things kind of differently. Mm-hmm. We make distinctions that this book actually really helped me to maybe in some ways stop making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like how does the love of the Trinity become personified and how do we get to know him and how does he like live in us? That's so cool. Yeah. That's really, in my mind, the theme of the book. So so the title is a Sanctifier. It's dedicated to the Holy Spirit. But really, it's about living deeply in the life of the Trinity. Yeah. And if the Trinity is something that you kind of struggle with, I mean, we, it's not something you can just sit down and explain and write a no. formula for. But if it's something you struggle with, we're not doing any apologetics <laughs> no. in this podcast. But this is something that really, as Sister Benedict was saying, like kind of helps to break down the barriers or the the boxes that we've tried to stick the Trinity or the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit into. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of helps to understand who they are and who they are as one in in a really beautiful dynamic way so that you feel like you know in a deeper way who you're being invited into. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, too, I don't think the tone's going to change a whole lot. No. Either, because it really, there are... 
for well, for one, the book is chock full of scripture quotes. I mean, you can't make it through a paragraph without seeing a re- either like an implicit or an explicit reference to yeah. scripture. And so that's that's definitely part of how I pray with the book. But mm-hmm. but really, it's just something that you can make Alexio with that you can just kind of sit down and have a heart to heart. Like, you know, Father, this paragraph here, he seems to have a particular sense of who you are. And I don't experience you that way. Can mm-hmm. we talk about that? Like, mm-hmm. so I just I feel like that's the kind of tone that that we'll be able to have conversations through this book on. And I'm I'm really excited to see how it goes and kind of what stirs in my own prayer with it and, and what we start to hear from from you all um, as, as what comes up with, with these things. Yeah, so break open your Bibles. <laughs> so this is just going to be a brief episode, but we wanted to introduce, introduce the book a little bit. And um, we thought maybe we could share just a few of our favorite quotes to kind of give you a sense of what kind of stuff we're looking at in this book. So, Sister Oriam, what's your first favorite quote from the book? Okay. I, I kind of want to preface this by saying this is a little cheesy, but I really love it. It's from chapter one, page one. And it is, love is the essence of the Christian life. It is the charity poured by the Holy Spirit into souls, the charity that embodies the perfection of all virtues. And I just love that. You stole mine. <gasps> Sorry. No. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I so love that you that you highlighted the same thing. <laughs> I so uh, yeah. Tell me what you love about it. Okay, so I love that it basically it encapsulates the point of our existence, mm-hmm. and I think that when we talk about love being the essence of the Christian life, or when we talk about God is love, we often reverse those things. We we think of love being the standard, therefore, for God. Mm-hmm. That love defines who God is. But in fact, God mm-hmm. defines what love is. God is the standard of love. Yes. So I, I really like how this is pulling that out in that love or charity, as it's named in both both wordings here, is poured by the Holy Spirit into souls because it comes from God in and of itself. It is God. That's what God is pouring himself into our souls. That's mm-hmm. why he is pouring love into our souls. I love that because it puts everything in the right order, so to speak, but in a way that gives life. Like you're starting at the bottom of the chain so that you can be fully living and fully alive. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is the very first one I highlighted also. <laughs> and I actually, so I highlighted it um, through to the next sentence mm. that says, but it is a very ordered love because virtue is order in love. Mm-hmm. So like the way we live a virtuous life is we live love that is well-ordered and a well-ordered love is directed to God, is directed to neighbor, is, is as you're saying, like modeled on who God is. Mm-hmm. And so this whole all the way from love is the essence of Christian life through because virtue is order in love, um, this whole two sentences to me feels like the thesis of the entire book. Like this is actually what this entire book is going to spend all of its time breaking open. Mm -hmm. What is love? How is it the essence of the Christian life? What is charity? How is that poured by the Holy Spirit into our souls? What does it mean to have it poured by the Holy Spirit into our souls? Charity that embodies the perfection of all the virtues? How does that even look? Like how, like, (laughs) does anybody besides Jesus and Mary live this? Like how, how does that even work and then like what does that look like and not not only that but like what does it do to the person to live this way Mm -hmm. how do we experience that and he's very poetic in talking about the experiential side of things which I love too 
but he's also very logical. I think this is part of what I love about him too. It is a very ordered love because virtue is order in love because we all love things. Mm-hmm. And my love can cause me to do good or it can cause me to sin. It's just dependent on what it is that I'm loving and how. Right. So, yeah. So I love – I've used that word a lot. But <laughs> I, I really, really, really find this particular, like, thesis statement of the entire book just so rich. And in a, in a sense, it's like God's thesis statement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in us. Yeah. Yeah. We live it. Yeah. And that's like um, all of a sudden the, the actual quote is popping out of my head. But in uh, Pope Benedict's encyclical, um, God is Love, mm-hmm. he starts it off with this idea that like Christian life is not about ideas. It's about it's about relationship with a person. Right. Who is God, who is love, who is truth. And that's poorly quoted. Somebody else can probably quote it off the top of their heads. I used to be able to. <laughs> but like that's what the Christian life is all about. And so how do we get there? What does it mean for us to become like Christ in that? What is it like? I don't know. I just, yeah, I've talked too long. No, I think that's very true. And I think that you hit on the key there, Sister Benedicta, is that truth is a person. Mm-hmm. Love is a person. Mm-hmm. Life is a person. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's really easy to sit down and argue about a million different ideas or whatever, ways to to verbalize things. But the first step is to get to know the person. And yes. like with any person, there's facts about them that are not up for interpretation. For example, the fact that I am five <laughs> foot nothing is not up for interpretation. I wish that it were, but it's not. So that is a fact about me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there are facts about God and his identity that are not up for interpretation. And those are things that are taught to us and passed down through the magisterium of the church and in scripture. Mm -hmm. But to get to know the person behind that five foot fact, right? To get to know the person behind those truths, that is the purpose of our life. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's beautiful about it too is um, I think there's this kind of mentality out there that Good behavior is the essence of Christian life or a certain kind of aesthetic Mm -hmm. is the essence of the Christian life or, you know, like there's there's different things that can take the place of that word love. Right. And and they don't belong there. Right. You know, like Mm -hmm. and not only do we not live it fully if we put those other things there, but like we're missing out on a lot. Yeah. Okay. What's your next favorite quote? Oh, do you want to go first? What if I steal it again? You go first. I don't think you will. Oh, okay. Okay, so my next one. Unless you're all the way in chapter four. Oh, I'm I'm on page 11. Okay, so you're not in chapter four yet. Okay. <laughs> you're like, don't you dare steal my next quote. <laughs> okay, my next one is the Holy Spirit does not come to us in a transitory manner. Mm. Infinite love is not a passing visitor who pays us a call and then goes away. He establishes in us his permanent dwelling and lives in intimate union with our souls as their eternal guest. I love that. Can you read it again? The Holy Spirit does not come to us in a transitory manner. Infinite love is not a passing visitor who pays us a call and then goes away. He establishes in us his permanent dwelling and lives in intimate union with our souls as their eternal guest. Mm. And then he, he cites John 14. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. John 14, what? Uh, <laughs> John 14, 16 to 17. Okay. It's the, and I will ask the Father. Yeah. 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 I, I love that because 
I think many of us who have been gifted baptism have experienced this, and many of us who are awaiting still the gift of baptism have experienced this in a different way. Mm-hmm. That okay, let's say I'm not baptized and I feel I feel the presence of God. So, but I, but I, I want to have Him dwelling in me permanently in that kind of intimate way. After I'm baptized, I lose that feeling sometimes. So I can feel really abandoned and I can feel like either I have lost God or God has lost me. Yeah. And that in essence, I mean, that's a very real feeling. It's a very real experience. It's all through scripture. Even Christ felt that absence, that feeling of absence. But the absence isn't real. It's not a truth. It's not, it's a lie. So like to really be able to recognize that no, I know that God has essentially like staked his flag here and built his home here and kept his presence here. To know that that is a reality is such a comforting thing. And it's what gives us the freedom to convert every day, to turn away from mistakes that we've done because he's right there. Mm-hmm. We don't have to walk down the street, take a ship to another country. We don't have to go to Jerusalem Although, I mean, I highly recommend it if you get the chance, but (laughs) you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Like God is in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's permanent. It's permanent and it's intimate. Like when Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans, Mm -hmm. like I will not abandon you. I am with you. He means it. Yeah. You know, And, and this fact that he remains and that he doesn't just remain in like the other room. Mm -hmm. Like he's not a guest who just like hangs out in the guest room the whole time. (laughs) Right. Playing on the game. game unless, console. Unless, <laughs> unless we push him there. Yeah. Like we, it's possible we could push him there. But but if we let him like, no, the Holy Spirit's like front and center, baby. Mm-hmm. Like he, he can really help run the show if we let him. Right. But again, I, I love what you're pulling out, too, that we don't. It's permanent, but we don't always feel it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it not true. Right. Yeah. Mm, good. What okay. is yours? I'm glad I didn't steal it this time. You didn't. You didn't steal this one <laughs> unless you have it later. But OK, so this one is uh, from chapter four, which is called um, Holy Spirit, God's gift to us. And the quote is to enjoy the Holy Spirit is to love. Mm. To enjoy the word is to know. But just as the divine persons are inseparable, those divine joys are are also intimately bound together. Intimate knowledge produces love. Profound love is a source of light. Whoever enjoys the Son and the Holy Spirit attains to the joy of the Father, plunging himself, so to speak, into the bosom of immense tenderness, into the ocean from which all good proceeds. Shoot, that is amazing. (laughs) I just, I love that he puts it in these terms of to enjoy the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. to enjoy the Son, to plunge into the joy of the Father that is the bosom of of immense tenderness. Like what even? That is amazing. And and I think like, I'm just going to be a little bit of a nerd here. The enjoy, Mm -hmm. like joy is in that word, right? We're talking about joy. That is exactly what the Bible says about Jesus rejoicing that we're joy again, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. Like yes. that is the, the joy. There's so much joy there for us and for the Lord himself. Yes. And the, so the first time I ever read this paragraph, the first time I ever read this book, I was reading it because uh, a sister had recommended it to me, um, but also because I was 
feeling a little bit, um, whatever I was going through at the time, I was feeling a little bit distanced from Jesus and angry with the Father. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I can get distance from both of them and I can go pray with the Holy Spirit. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you go That's try what that. you think. Yeah, go try. Yeah. <laughs> and so honestly, I, it moved me to tears. I think I made almost my entire annual retreat on that phrase, mm. um, the bosom of immense tenderness, because it, it refers and he says he uses that phrase a couple of times throughout the book. And it's always referring to the father. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the father as the bosom of immense tenderness. And I had never considered the father to be anything alike that the right. word tender mm -hmm. and god the father mm -hmm. did not go together in my mind <laughs> and i think like, for a lot of people that is the case yeah mm -hmm. and like even like the idea of like into the bosom of a myth like the to, 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 to imagine like almost like an infant being held close mm -hmm. you know um so just the the intimacy and the warmth and the kind of gentleness that comes through from that phrase. It just, I, I really made almost my entire annual retreat on just that phrase. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful because, you know, no matter where we have been in our lives with our relationships with our earthly fathers, right? Some of us, some of us have probably lived an experience where that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Some of us have probably lived an experience where that makes none. And exactly. some of us probably live somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, right? Yeah, yeah. But like to know that, you know, sometimes when you see um, a dad kind of like holding his newborn on his chest and it's just so moving and that can move us to tears of joy, to tears of nostalgia mm -hmm. or to tears of almost like, no, I don't want to say jealousy, but like recognizing that I didn't get that, Grief. you know? Grief. Thank mm -hmm. you. Grief. And this kind of passage and and who the Father really is to us, mm -hmm. he reminds us that we do have that. No matter what our experience of our earthly fathers have been, maybe we have no experience whatsoever. Maybe we never knew our dads. But like, we do have that. We have a Father who holds us that close and that gently and with that much like unconditional, tender, fierce love. Mm -hmm. And you will never be robbed of that. That will always be yours because like as the quote earlier said this is a permanent thing this is not transitory this is permanent yeah yeah and i it reminds me too of psalm 131 mm. like as a child has rest in its mother's arms yeah. so my soul takes rest in you O lord like mm -hmm. just that that image of the closeness the quiet the rest the warmth the comfort the safety like all of that is kind of, for me, wrapped up in that phrase, bosom of immense tenderness. Right. And it's like if that's not the like the ultimate end, the ultimate goal, the destiny of any spiritual life, of any spiritual activity, of any anything, <laughs> then I don't know what, what you're about, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's beautiful. And then the other thing that I pulled out too from that was um, in – uh, John chapter 1, verse 18, it, it's kind of still in that prologue. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Later on, it says, no one has ever seen God. The only son, God, who is at the father's side has revealed him. And that's what the translation that we use for mass is, mm -hmm. who is at the father's side. But the other translation of it is, no one has ever seen God. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father has Ooh. made him known. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the same place we're being invited into 
the, the place we're being invited into is the place where Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And it is the bosom of the Father, which is immensely tender. That's like when Philip says, hey, just just show us the Father. That will be enough for us. And <laughs> Jesus like, is like, Philip, come on. You've been with me this long. <laughs> you still don't know me, bro. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Yeah. 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 So good. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that chapter because that whole chapter is going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Do you have another quote? I do. Okay. Okay. This is, I think it's my last one. I'm not sure. Anyway. I'm going to replace a word here because this is in chapter three and it's talking about a liar and I don't really understand liars, so I'm going to replace it with guitar, but it's not actually talking about guitars. Anyway. Oh, a liar like the instrument, not a liar like a person who tells sorry, lies. Sorry. Yes. Not a person who tells lies the instrument that I don't understand, Claire, which I'm going to replace good. with guitar. Excellent. Okay. So imagine a, f- a fine guitar whose perfectly harmonized strings vibrate at the blowing of the wind. If you've ever mm. left a stringed instrument in the wind like strong enough of a wind, you've probably heard some of this, each giving its own sound and all together composing a beautiful symphony. This is the soul of a just man when the Holy Spirit possesses it fully and has harmonized all the faculties by means of his gifts. Each one of them, like the strings of a living guitar, gives its own sound when the wind of the Spirit blows. Mm. And then he ends in the next paragraph with, what else would the Holy Spirit, the personal love of God, produce but a song if it is proper to love to sing? Mm. I, I love that idea that the Holy Spirit can basically tune everything in us because I don't know if any of you guys have ever played a musical instrument or heard a musical instrument out of tune, but mm. it is atrocious. And at some point... At some point when things start to slip out of tune, if you don't have a really tuned ear, you might not notice at first. Yeah, yeah. You know, like something's just ever so slightly flat. Some people are going to notice before others. Something is really flat. Something just sounds wrong, but you can't always tell what it is unless you have a very good ear. Mm Mm-hmm. And then at some point you're like, that C is not a C Everyone anymore. Everyone is just cringing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or sometimes actually like in piano, you hit the key and it doesn't make a sound at all because right. something's wrong with the string or the, the little mm-hmm. hammer. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is like such a beautiful illustration of the fact that we have all these, he calls them faculties, like we have all these parts of us, our mind, our will, our heart, our bodies, like the way we process information, all those things. And- If any of those parts of our perception or experience are out of tune, so to speak, something will be slightly off. And maybe it's something that we recognize in ourselves, but we're not really sure exactly what's going on there. Maybe it's something other people recognize in us, which is much more humiliating, but just as real and just as important, that something's not quite right. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit, with his grace, can actually tune those things over time Mm -hmm. so that, you know, when something rubs against us or hits us, right? Or when he just blows. <laughs> there, There's a song that comes out of that. And that song praises the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know, when we talk about the storms of our lives, and I always go back to Peter on the water and how he was distracted by the wind and the waves and whatever. Yep. That with the Holy Spirit, when we're hit by those things, that, that brings out a song in us. It doesn't bring out like I don't know, this like horrible cacophony of off notes necessarily. I mean, it might reveal a couple that still need tuning. <laughs> but there's a song that comes out in us that that says, like, I can praise you in this storm. 
Mm-hmm. I just stole lyrics from somebody's song. Mm-hmm. Anyway. but I think but, Casting Crowns. Casting Crowns. Thank mm-hmm. you, Casting Crowns. <laughs> but like for real, it allows us that freedom and it allows us that beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you point out too that like another person could help to tune it. Yeah. I think like that's the importance, <laughs> right, of having – I mean, if we can have a spiritual director, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the importance of going to confession. It's the importance of having uh, a faith community, people that are around us who maybe we could see like, hey, there's there's a really cool virtual vir- virtue being modeled over there that I would like to imitate. Like I could I can learn to be a little bit more, you know, like like what I'm seeing over there that's attracting me and bringing me closer to God or yeah. or somebody who can just be really honest with us and say, you know, there's something going on here that I feel like maybe you want to you want to think about, maybe bring that to the Lord, maybe bring it to um bring it to prayer, bring it to therapy, bring it to something mm-hmm. to to kind of help you to to tune that a little bit better. It feels like maybe maybe that's a little a little off for you. Yeah. And to be able to have those relationships where we can be kind of open and honest with each other so that those yeah. They don't stay that way, mm-hmm. and that yeah. we don't we're, we don't react like, okay, I hate tuners. They all need to stay away from me, and I am going to go down in my own blazing glory of horrible sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's okay to be like, wow, thank you, tuner. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of repetitive pain. Yeah, like if, you, if you've ever heard a piano being tuned, it's actually quite grating. Hard. Yeah, <laughs> grating to listen to, but mm-hmm. that's what gets it to the place it needs to be. But it also doesn't mean. We wait until everything's perfect before no. we start the song either. Mm-hmm. Like there is such a thing as a joyful noise. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Emphasis on the noise. Yep. Um, Toddlers. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's not it's not as if you have to wait for perfection for that to be there. But mm-hmm. but to always be kind of making those little adjustments. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I like that image. I don't think I noticed that. I'm not a musician. Yeah. So I I, I mean, I don't know anything about liars, before. but yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Do you have a last one? I do. I'm trying to choose between two. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll do with this one. Okay, so my last one, my last one just kind of is a, a, you'll see, okay, my last one is, you'll see a theme. Okay. There's, I have made reference, I think, to this before, Um, and I'm sure I will again. He starts with the, with these images of the sacraments, and then he just kind of like, makes his claim. So he says, a priest pours water on the head of a child while was, while saying mysterious words. The minister of God extends his consecrated hand over the repentant sinner and says, I absolve you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But underneath these things, underneath these causes, true prodigies are performed. St. Thomas does not hesitate to say that the justification of a single sinner is a greater work than the creation of the world. Whoa. What happens, y'all, in the, <laughs> in the confessional <laughs> is bigger than the creation of the world. I have to sit with that. Dude. I have to sit with that. But this, I've, I've quoted before, right? The, um, yeah. I think I thought it was part of the Eucharistic prayer before. I think there still is a preface somewhere that says it, but it's definitely the collect for Christmas Day Mass mm. where it says... Um, I love how you can quote colleagues. I cannot. <laughs> that God who created the world and even more wondrously redeemed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he created the world out of nothing just by speaking because yeah. he wanted to. Yeah. And even more wondrously redeems it. 
that to me that's so comforting as I'm sitting on this here because like when you look around and you see a lot of things going wrong Mm -hmm. either in your life or in someone else's or in the world or in nature or whatever or all of the above all of the above but you can say like you can look back and see just as God over time wondrously created so I mean I mean once and for all he has redeemed us but like Mm -hmm. but so over time that redemption is being applied and, yeah. and brought to fruition. Yeah, I think it's really fair to say like he has redeemed us. Yeah. He is redeeming us mm-hmm. and he will redeem us. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he did it once for all on the cross. Right. But he's continually applying it right. to our life. Mm-hmm. And there will be a final moment. Right. Of that too. <laughs> that that is more wondrous, that that is a greater work than the creation from nothing of everything. See, that actually makes me, I mean, I never thought that St. Francis was crazy, but the, the fact that <laughs> a lot of people did at his time, the fact that he would go out and like preach to animals, <laughs> people thought he was nuts. And, and I, I do understand why they thought he was odd, uh-huh. but I feel like if you really sat and thought about those words and let them penetrate your heart and your soul, you understand what mm. his impetus was in mm. doing that because he's like, yo, Creation, all of creation, God is redeeming us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's so good. And like and like the fact that he can say it, and he's quoting St. Thomas Aquinas. Well, he's he's paraphrasing St. Thomas Aquinas, but he says the justification of a single sinner. It's not even like the justification of all of collective humanity right. over the millennia somehow adds up to a greater work than all of creation. No, just of Joe over there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. not only Joe over there, but Joe that I had an argument with this morning. Right. Or Joe that cut me off in traffic yesterday. or Joe that always breaks the photocopier. Yeah. <laughs> like... For sure. Like, yeah. one single sinner. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus does say, like, there's more rejoicing in heaven over the repentance of one sinner than of someone who doesn't need any repentance, right? But, like, we can kind of get that. Mm-hmm. But to say more rejoicing over the justification of a single sinner than over the fact that anything exists at <laughs> all. Yeah. That's cool. And and that is the wonder and rejoicing that happens in the confessional. And that has nothing to do with like, okay, I'm going to say this wrong and then I'm going to correct it. It has nothing to do with like my inherent value as a person, as mm. a sinner, right? Um, it has everything to do with the fact of what was paid for me, like the the infinite and and I hate even using the word infinite because we use it so many ways that are not actually infinite but like <laughs> the the value of the blood of god yeah. has so much worth that anything that's been paid for with that mm-hmm. cannot be equaled right because it's the value of the love of god and what is the love of god but god himself so the right. value of god right. becomes the value of a human person because he gave it to us. Right. So which is that's how valuable we are. Exactly. Which yeah. is why I say I'm saying it kind of wrong because then I my inherent value becomes that which God has exactly. decided that I'm worth. Yes. Right. So yeah. like so so then I can go back and say, well, actually, yes, it is my inherent value. But it's not my inherent value just because I exist. It's because right. he has redeemed me. Yeah. Because I've been baptized. I have accepted his his forgiveness and I continually try to live in it. And not that those things are necessary to earn it, but like continually being part of it mm-hmm. and deepening it 
and making it more and more and more true in my life. Like that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these are not like this is not going to be the structure of no. all the future episodes, but we really wanted to give you guys a little bit of, I guess, a taste yeah. of all the little nuggets that are out there because this these quotes that we pulled out are by no means standalone, like random. Oh, mm -hmm. that was a that was a particularly good one. Like there, there's a lot of this stuff throughout. And as we go chapter by chapter, and as um, Archbishop Martinez like kind of builds um, on our our initial understanding of who the Holy Spirit is in ourselves mm -hmm. um, and in our lives, like you're going to be able to deepen your understanding of a your being. Be who God is, and therefore your being, and see like how, what prayer even is, and what it means, and how you do it, and how that changes you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited for you guys to be able to walk through this with us because I I'm so excited even to hear your reflections on this too. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us on this little journey. We we hope that your appetite has been wet for more of these kinds of um, nuggets and, and that you are also interested in, in really kind of trying to sit and pray with these things. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what God does. So he always does cool stuff. He does. Mm -hmm. He does. And as a final note, before we launch into the prayer and before we, we head out of the episode, we just really wanted to um, express our gratitude to everybody who's become part of our Patreon community. It has been so wonderful to to hear from you all. I love that we get to have more one-on-one -on -one interaction, more yeah. uh, personal messages and things from, from everybody on Patreon. But also, like, they are the sponsors of this podcast. It would not exist without them. And also some things that are happening over on our YouTube YouTube page would not be happening without them. So um, if that intrigues you, please go check it out. Mm -hmm. And thank you to everybody in our Patreon community. Yeah. Uh, so this season, uh, we are going to be closing each episode with a chaplet that was sort of written and sort of compiled by uh, one of our sisters, Sister Julia Mary. Um, it's the chaplet to the Holy Spirit, and it just really kind of focuses on the gifts of the Spirit. And I think it's a really beautiful little chaplet. So we're going to we're gonna close each episode with that. And uh, if you look in the show notes, there will be a link. If you really like it, you can download a PDF of the prayers and pray along or make it part of your daily routine or something. So we'll begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the first decade is for the gift of wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. The second set is for the gift of understanding. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. 
Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come make your home in my heart. The third set is for the gift of counsel. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come make your home in my heart. For the gift of fortitude. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, Come make your home in my heart. For the gift of knowledge. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come make your home in my heart. For the gift of piety. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come make your home in my heart. For the gift of fear of the Lord, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, 
fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come, make your home in my heart. By myself, I I can can do do nothing, nothing, but but with God God I can can do do all things. For For the the love love of God God, I want to do all things. To him honor and glory, to me the eternal reward. Holy Spirit, vivify me. Love of God, consume me. The way of truth, lead me. With your grace, empower me. You are the promised one sent by the Father, reminding us of all that Jesus' Master taught. I ask you for no other knowledge, no other wisdom, than that of Christ crucified, and that he may live in me. Thank you so much for listening. Dare to Dwell is a production of the Daughters of St. Paul and is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. For more information about our sisters or ministry, or to learn about how you can support us, visit connect.pauline.org slash Patreon. God bless you.